Episode 89, Encore Episode, Why Sibling Fighting Might Actually Be Useful. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful summer. Gosh, it's hard to believe it's almost over. Our family finally made it to Jakarta, and we are so excited to be here. I know um, in our family, by this point in the summer, when the kids have been spending a lot of time together, even siblings who really love each other can start to really get on each other's nerves. And then their fighting gets on my nerves. Just the other day, a couple of my girls were playing Chinese checkers, and a different sister felt left out, and so she came and took her arm and scraped it across the board, ruining all of the marbles. Then, of course, one of the sisters yelled, what? Why did you do that? I can't believe you did that. You always ruin our games. And then the one who had ruined the game came running, crying to me. Can you relate to similar types of situations with your kids? I'm going to re-air the two-part series on sibling rivalry that I created last year. I think that these tools are particularly relevant when our families spend a lot of time together and we're kind of getting on each other's nerves. So I hope these tools will be useful as you go through the end of the summer with your kids. Today, our topic is sibling rivalry. This is part one of a two-part series on the topic. We are going to be focusing on this episode and getting clean in your mindset around sibling rivalry which as you know, if you've listened to much of the podcast, is the foundation for being able to respond well to just about anything. So I want to start with a story of one of my clients who came to me for help. She explained that her boys were both on the couch and one of them put their feet on the other one. The brother responded saying, get your feet off. I'm going to get warts. A war of words ensued and escalated to a tussle as one brother tried to get the other brother's feet off of him. The mom was so frustrated that one of her boys would say something so rude and that the boys were fighting over something that seemed like not such a big deal. So she sent both boys to their room. Then she found herself doubting her mothering. Why do my kids fight so much? This is destroying my younger son's confidence. What am I doing wrong? I think most moms with more than one child can relate to this type of scenario. I know I can. Kids have conflict. Sibling fighting can be so grating, so maddening, and so exhausting. Most of us feel like shouting, why can't we all just get along? I think most of us would agree that if we could stop sibling rivalry, we would. But I want you to open your mind for a minute to a new possibility. There is no doubt that sibling rivalry creates some problems. However, what if sibling rivalry had important benefits, benefits that were so important you were willing to deal with the problems it created? I want you to just open your mind and consider this possibility as you listen to the podcast episode. Before we jump into our topic, I want to let you know about a free resource that I offer. 
Every week, I carefully craft a short tool or tip for improving emotional health for moms and kids that can be read in about a minute. Let me share an experience that one expat mom had with this. She read a one-minute wisdom about teaching your kids how to respond confidently when asked the question, where are you from? This seems so simple to so many people, but for expats, it's a complicated answer. This listener is an experienced expat, and she found that while she had assumed her daughter was confident in answering, she actually wasn't totally sure what to say. This expat mom found that using the tools from One Minute Wisdom to help her daughter hone her response to this question was very helpful. You can sign up for this free resource with the link in the show notes or on my website at theexpatmom.com. And if you have a One Minute Wisdom story to share, please email me at jenny at theexpatmom.com. And that's J-E-N-N-I-E at theexpatmom.com. Or you can direct message me on Instagram at the expat mom coach. I look forward to hearing from you. So let's jump into our topic of sibling rivalry. As expats, many of us find ourselves wondering how this lifestyle is affecting our kids. We may worry if this lifestyle is helping or hurting them. And the truth is it's probably doing some of both. One of the huge pluses of this lifestyle is the impact it frequently has on sibling relationships. Hard data is actually really difficult to come by on this particular topic. But if you ask most expat families, they will tell you that living abroad is really bonding for their family and that their kids tend to be closer to each other than families who live in their home countries. There is something about going through a common experience, especially a challenging one that bonds you together as a family. In addition, siblings have the same experiences through life and they can understand each other's perspective better than really anyone else. They're also consistent while friends come and go in a more transient expat lifestyle. Siblings are always there. So as expats, we're already starting a step ahead. We have the bonus that siblings have a common experience and they need each other, which helps them feel closer. However, like any other healthy relationship, there's going to be conflict between siblings. So let's take a look at how to help navigate sibling rivalry. Now, before we start, I want to manage expectations. I will not be able to give you a magic cure for stopping your kids fighting, but what I can do is offer you a different way to think about your kids fighting so that it feels so much more peaceful and allows you to be more of the mom that you want to be in the situation. Remember our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions. So if we want to act differently, we have to address not just our behavior, but something deeper. The real reason that we feel exhausted and frustrated by our kids fighting is not because our kids are fighting. It's because of what we're thinking about the fighting. Have you ever been in a public place and seen two siblings fighting who weren't your own? It was likely unpleasant, but you probably didn't feel frustrated or exhausted by it. That's because your thoughts about someone else's children fighting are different than when your own kids fight. Let's take a look at the most common thoughts parents tend to think when kids fight, why they cause parents to feel frustrated and exhausted, and how you might consider shifting them. One of the most common thoughts parents seem to have is, this is ridiculous. Why do my kids always fight? In other words, there's an underlying belief that children shouldn't fight. We see the unkindness in fighting, the disappointment and hurt that comes from it. The loud noise is irritating, and it makes sense that this would be our natural response to fighting. But think about what happens when you think the thoughts, kids shouldn't fight. This is ridiculous. How do you feel? If you're like most parents, you feel frustrated and angry. 
That's because we create expectations for ourselves that are different from what's happening. The disparity makes us mad, especially when it's our kids and we feel responsible for our kids' behavior. But take a minute to think about this idea that kids shouldn't fight. What would a world be like without kids fighting? If kids didn't fight, it would mean that they were either boring, blah people who had no opinions or preferences or personality, or it might mean that they repressed all their feelings about things. It's really something interesting to think about. I remember a friend telling me once, I want my kids to fight. I was totally taken back. Why? I said, because I don't want my children to be boring robots. She responded. I have thought so many times about what my friend shared. And I think there's actually a lot of truth in what she said. While we may not enjoy or agree with fighting, the alternative might be even worse. Fighting actually means children have preferences. It means they're confident enough to express their feelings and it means they have a sense of self. It also means that they have a chance to learn how to deal with conflict. This is such an essential skill at all ages of life. Dr. Jonathan Caspi explains that if you had a different sibling, you would be a different person. He goes on to explain much of the science around siblings and life success. Siblings strive to be different from each other. They want to be special and they vie for parental resources of time and energy and money. Siblings are affected by birth order and family dynamics. And he explains that competition is actually useful between siblings. He writes, sibling competition increases skill sets and is an ingredient of shared sibling success. Individuals do not improve without engaging in competition and siblings represent an early long-term and potent relationship. Competition teaches you about your limits, about losing, about getting up again, about working hard in the face of adversity. It teaches you to be creative. It teaches you about winning and losing. Competition offers opportunities to try out new techniques in order to raise the bar and best the other. Competition can be both beneficial and damaging, unquote. As you think about this, is it possible that children should fight? Maybe they just need to learn how to fight right. This is a simple change in mindset, but imagine how differently you might feel the next time your kids are fighting. If instead of thinking, oh, this is so ridiculous, you thought, oh, this is good news that my kids are fighting. This means that they are healthy. They have preferences and they're confident enough to express them. They're learning important skills and they're improving in their social skills. If you're thinking about this, you're not as likely to feel angry. In fact, you might be more likely to feel curious or committed to teach them how to respond correctly. Getting your own mindset in place is essential to success in helping kids learn to resolve conflict. One day, some of my older kids wanted to bake and the younger ones wanted to join in, but the older ones didn't want them to. The older kids were frustrated and the younger ones felt left out. I thought, this is so ridiculous. Why can't everyone just cook together? It's the family's kitchen. I said to my older girls, can't the little ones cook with you? It means so much to them. My older girls reluctantly agreed. Much of the cooking episode was full of impatience and frustration interspersed with a few lovely efforts to be kind. As I looked back on that exchange, I've realized that my desire to stop the fighting and my dismissal of my older kids' feelings wasn't really helping anyone learn how to get along. As I look back, I realized that my older girls were expressing an important preference to do some more advanced cooking and to have some time to laugh and joke around with each other. The younger ones wanted to feel included in part of the fun project. 
Honestly, they also probably wanted to snitch the dough. But actually, the conflict indicated that my kids loved each other. They had interests and confidence to express their preferences. As I look back on that incident, I realized that a healthier way to handle it might have been to remind myself that this conflict was actually an indication that my kids loved each other. And I could use it as an opportunity to show love and help my kids feel understood. I could also model how to resolve tough issues where not everyone will walk away happy. I could help them learn how to compromise. This type of reframing is an important preface to being able to respond better to sibling rivalry. Another common thought parents share about sibling rivalry is, I just don't want to deal with this. Believe me, I know the feeling of being upstairs working on something and hearing voices escalate. Dealing with sibling fighting feels like the last thing that I want to deal with sometimes. But take a moment and notice how you feel and act when you think this thought. For me, I feel irritated that I have to go and deal with it instead of doing something else that I'd prefer to do. I'm usually not as patient with my kids because I'm irritated. In fact, I'm much more likely to stomp down the stairs and raise my voice to calm things down. It's ironic that my brain thinks that raising my voice will somehow teach them not to raise their voices at each other. Maybe not the best modeling. I want to stop here for a minute and offer that you don't have to deal with your kids when they're fighting. You don't. No one is holding a gun to your head and forcing you to do it. Any intervention is your choice. Now you might say, fine, Jenny, no one's holding a gun to my head, but to be a responsible parent, I have to deal with it. You're right, but it's still a choice whether or not to be a responsible parent. It's an important realization because feeling that you have to do something elicits very different feelings than doing something because you want to do something. It's easy to blur the lines and think we have to deal with our kids fighting. We don't. We could abandon our families and move out. We could lock ourselves in the room and refuse to engage. We could be in the same room and ignore it. I'm not recommending any of those alternatives, but it's important to recognize that you could do those things. When I ask clients why they don't leave their families or just lock themselves in a room, they give answers like, well, I want to be responsible, or I love my kids, or I want to be with them. I want to teach them. I don't want my kids to get hurt. These are powerful realizations. Because what you're deciding as you decide why you don't want to move out is that you do want to intervene. Your lower brain that prioritizes pleasure in the moment may not feel like it, but your prefrontal cortex that has your long-term interest at heart does want to intervene. This is really useful to own this. Rather than telling yourself the story that you don't want to deal with it, own the fact that you do want to intervene in your children's fighting. Some of the reasons you might want to remind yourself that you do want to intervene might include, if I don't, my kids are left to their own devices, which are usually not very good, and I'll just have to keep dealing with sibling rivalry because they won't learn to navigate their problems. Another thing you might think is, this conflict is a chance to teach them. This gives me a chance to connect with them. In other words, instead of thinking, I don't want to deal with this, consider the possibility that you do want to deal with it. If you can approach sibling rivalry from that frame, you are much more likely to feel calm and committed to being the mom you want to be in the situation. The other day, my kids all went out to jump on the trampoline. They range from 14 years old down to five. So there's quite a disparity in ability level and tolerance for jumping height. I heard arguing outside and my five-year-old came in crying saying, they're so mean. I was in the middle of doing something. And my first thought was, oh, I don't want to deal with this. 
But when I stepped back for a minute to reframe, I reminded myself that if I didn't deal with it, my little one could get hurt from big kids jumping. Or my older kids might get discouraged with jumping or not wanting to play with a little sister. More importantly, I wanted to facilitate a more kind exchange between the girls. So I took a deep breath and I reminded myself that I did want to deal with this. I went outside and helped mediate the conflict while the kids resolved it. They decided to take turns on the trampoline so everyone could have a turn. Sometimes the simple reminder that we do actually want to deal with sibling rivalry can reduce our irritation and resentment around it. Another common thought parents tend to drift to when their sibling rivalry is blaming one child. For example, so-and-so knows better, or so-and-so is older. They shouldn't be arguing with their little sibling, or so-and-so is always picking a fight. These seemingly benign labels of older brother or youngest can actually create big problems. Kids tend to latch onto labels, even negative ones, as a comfortable way of fulfilling expectations and being special, even if it's not in a positive way. Negative labels also enable bad behavior. Positive labels, in particular, tend to create a lot of pressure, and sometimes they create overwhelm or resentment at always having to be the one who does a good job. In addition, when we see children as designated to certain roles, it often blinds us to the ability to see the real details of the situation and to be empathetic to both parties involved. We judge quickly. The truth is that everyone acts well and poorly at different times. And the truth is that conflict requires two people. So looking at conflict as a neutral situation rather than as the fault of one or both children can help you as a parent feel more calm and handle it better. In other words, rather than thinking so-and-so is older and should know better, we might think, hmm, sounds like the kids are having a conflict. I'll see how I can help. One of my daughters frequently criticizes one of my other daughters in a really loud, accusing way. This makes me feel so concerned for the daughter being criticized because she is more soft-spoken, and it makes me feel frustrated at the daughter who's criticizing because she tends to be more reactive. When I think about my kids this way, it causes a problem because in my frustration, I sometimes correct my daughter who's criticizing by criticizing her, saying something like, that is completely inappropriate. We cannot treat a sister in that way. Please try again. The daughter who is being critical slumps down and feels terrible about herself. While the daughter who is being criticized may feel thankful in the moment that the criticism has stopped, how does she feel when she feels somebody has to intervene in order to protect her? And then, of course, I feel terrible about myself for handling it in that way. Without even realizing it, it was easy for me to label one child as an aggressor and one child as the victim. But the truth is, that is not always the case. And even more importantly, when it is, thinking about it that way isn't useful. When I approach their conflicts from a more neutral space, I'm able to be more calm and helpful to them. We can all leave the exchange feeling love for each other instead of disappointment and shame. The last thought I'm going to mention that I notice among parents is the idea that I just don't know what else to do. Maybe you've tried a million things and nothing seems to work. Maybe you've sent your kids to timeout consistently for years, but the fighting doesn't seem to get better. Maybe you have a particularly spirited child who's highly reactive. Maybe you don't know which of the many parenting approaches to follow. So you end up flipping and flopping around with your response. Whatever it is, if you find yourself feeling exhausted or apathetic about dealing with sibling rivalry, you might be feeling like you just don't know what else to do. Fighting might feel like a permanent experience in your home, 
and it just feels hopeless to try to change it. Let me offer a few alternative thoughts. You do know what to do. You may not be a researcher that has clinical data to back up your parenting decisions, but if you love your children and you're operating out of love for your kids, you usually take your best actions. You are the perfect mom for your specific children. You've known them the longest of anyone. You do know how to help them. What I find helps me create a healthier frame to operate from is the idea that I'm a mediator, not a judge. A mediator is very different from a judge. A judge listens and decides a punishment. They decide who's guilty and who isn't. A mediator is a neutral party that ensures both sides are fairly represented. The mediator doesn't take sides and they also don't dole out punishments. They simply help the two parties work together to solve the problem themselves. This is a really loving way to help our kids learn to resolve conflict. Next week on the podcast, we're going to break down the specific steps to mediating sibling rivalry. But for today, you can remind yourself the truth that you do know what to do. It simply takes confidence to try it and refine it. Your job is to simply show love and to mediate. The other day, two of my kids wanted the same chair in the family room. One had gotten there first and was enjoying reading. The other child has a broken foot and wanted to sit there where she could reach the bookshelf. After asking nicely for the first sister to move, one of the girls had sat on the other sister in order to get her to move off the, off the chair. The first sister yelped in discomfort and ultimately stomped off in frustration. I came down to make sure everyone was okay, but the girls seemed at a standstill. I prompted each of the girls to share their feelings and opinions. I got there first, one of them yelled. Yeah, but I have a broken foot and I need to sit in the chair. I took a minute to empathize with each one of them. I can see why each of you would feel like you should have the chair. The family rule is that we don't take things from each other. And one of you were in the chair and the other one came and sat on them. The other sister has a broken foot and it is hard to use crutches each time when you have to get up and get to the bookshelf. I can see why this is tough. There is just one chair and there are two girls who want it. Then I asked the girls what they thought we should do about the problem. One girl offered that they could sit together on the chair, but the other one didn't like that. She offered that she could sit in the chair and bring books to the one with the broken foot. Both seemed like workable compromises, but neither wanted to budge. So I calmly said, no problem. We'll just have both of you sit over on the couch instead until we can come up with a solution that works for both of you. Eventually, they decided on a plan to trade off with the chair. Now, I could have easily told myself, I don't know what to do in this situation. And the truth was, it was a tricky call. I didn't know what to do, but I didn't have to solve it. That was their job. My job was simply to show love and to mediate. Next time, we'll walk through some of the steps of mediating sibling rivalry. So let's recap some of the shifts that you might consider around sibling rivalry. You might consider shifting from the idea that kids shouldn't fight to the idea that if kids are fighting, this is a wonderful opportunity for them to learn and grow. You also might consider shifting from the idea that, oh, I don't want to deal with this to, while I might not feel like dealing with this right now, I actually do want to deal with this. You also might consider shifting from the idea that this is so-and-so's fault to, I wonder how I can help in this conflict. And finally, you might consider shifting from, I don't know what to do, to, I don't have to solve this. I simply need to show love and be a mediator. 
In other words, I hope you'll consider the possibility that sibling rivalry isn't necessarily a problem. It's an opportunity. When we frame it this way, we are much more likely to be helpful to our kids in learning the skills that they need to navigate the world. So let's go to our expat exit strategy. This is where we apply the tools that we've learned on the podcast. Close your eyes and picture the last time your kids were fighting. If you're like most families, it was probably sometime today or yesterday. How did you feel when your kids were fighting? Were you annoyed, exhausted, angry, sad, avoidant? If so, you're normal. But it also means that you're likely viewing sibling rivalry as a problem that should be solved. Consider instead reframing it as an opportunity to connect and teach your kids. If you viewed sibling rivalry as something that was useful, how might you respond differently? Take a minute and imagine yourself intervening in a different way than you typically do. How might you be able to be a mediator instead of a judge? How might you be able to use this opportunity as a way of connecting with your kids? If you haven't had a chance to listen to the emotion coaching series from last month, consider listening to those. They teach you how to deal with big emotions and kids and big emotions definitely accompany sibling rivalry. Every family is different and dealing with sibling rivalry can be challenging. I would love to help you learn to deal with sibling rivalry in a healthier way. So both you and your kids can feel better more of the time. You can sign up for a free 30 minute mini coaching session with me on any topic you'd like. You can click the link in the show notes, or you can sign up at my website at the My next mini sessions are available in early September. I look forward to talking with you soon. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.com.